my allergies are fine, but I am a sniffer. Like I find I go back and I edit these episodes uh-huh. and I'm like, there she did it again. She just keeps sniffing through this whole thing. And I'm like, maybe I can take the volume off of my mic for each sniff, which is quite labor intensive. And then I find your mic is picking it up because I sniff so loudly. Really? Yeah. I, I have noticed that. I have a sniffing problem. Uh-oh. And I have an enunciation issue <laughs> in that I don't enunciate. Really? No, not enough. Where are my issues? You have to tell me mine. You don't have issues. That's not true. You you just have a voice for radio. No. Yeah, it's pretty good. Oh, I hit this thing a lot too. You do? That sound. Maybe I do. I, sometimes I can't tell where it's coming from, <laughs> but a lot of time it's me. I guarantee it. Welcome to Breast Cancer is Boring with Jocelyn, the fantastic, amazing woman, and Lauren. I'm here. Just Lauren, present. Present. Present and accounted for. The amazing multitasking, (laughs) kicking ass at work, but working long hours. Oh, it's nasty. Lauren. It is nasty. I know. So naughty. Audits. So today we're going to talk about... We're going to talk about vanity. Boom. Boom. I'm so vain. <laughs> we should have that song playing. Wait, it's not. I'm, You're, you're so, so vain. vain. <laughs> We're not singers. No, not professionally. <laughs> anyway. But yes, you're so vain. I'm so vain. And that doesn't go away when you get cancer. Right. And it particularly doesn't go away when you have breast cancer. Even though we're so comfortable talking about the breasts People talk about the breasts and say the tatas or whatever. But for me, and where I want to start is hair. The loss of hair yes. for me was way more difficult than, than the loss of your breasts. Than the loss of or a breast. breast. Yeah. Right. Wow. Or breasts in your case. Yes. So I um I didn't have an issue with uh, losing my breasts because I think in my head I was like oh well they're kind of annoying anyways so why do I need these Hmm. um but I think that that was also just a coping but I agree with you wholeheartedly that hair initially I think I tried to minimize the issue and be like oh well I can do without hair, like, you know, going by that little sling that have no hair, don't care, or, mm-hmm. um, which, yeah, I've never heard before. That's so before weird. you said it. That's so weird. I, I don't know. I, I guess I've seen it on a t-shirt. Maybe I, <laughs> yeah, maybe I saw it and hated it so much that I blocked it out right? cognitively because, yeah. Maybe it's helpful to like set the stage. Not that 
not that loss of hair is any more devastating when your hair is like gorgeous. Right. But there are things, speaking of vanity, there are certain things that you know that you like about your body. Right. And when cancer comes in and threatens to take those away, it is can be particularly devastating or was for me. Yeah. Anyway. I, I couldn't agree more. I think the, and also in my particular case, the loss of my hair for my children, I had oh, no yeah. idea what a big deal that was going to be. And I think it made it exponentially more, um, I don't know. I think it, it just, it just made it that much bigger of a deal because especially my oldest child who something about mommy's long hair, he even still talks about this to, to the day yesterday he saw an old picture of me and he said mommy I miss your long hair oh I know and that is as a mom is also like I you know he I guess really looked at that as a feature of mine that he thought was beautiful yeah as a mom you're like oh as a casual bystander who's only met this child like one time I'm like step off son (laughs) You better appreciate your mother has gorgeous hair, is an intelligent woman. She's putting a roof over your like I I launch into like don't you even yeah poor kid he's like what nine years old yeah I think that I think it's just the memory of it that yeah. I I think also kind of alters you know there was like a before and after yeah. and my baby would see my bald head and and say, mommy, you're so cute. I was like, yeah, (laughs) cute. This is so cute. (laughs) But I do think that we tend to, um, at first, you know, even you went through all of those stages of cutting your hair, your sister cut your hair. Oh yeah. And I think that even, I remember seeing your pictures and thinking Mm -hmm. that this was going to be a, um, a really interesting and I love when people <laughs> walk in here. Like, I love when oh, people like hello. walk in and they think like, Oh, I'm just got to print out an email. And they see two women sitting here with like this microphone set up and this laptop. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, don't need it that bad. Bye. Yeah. yeah gotta go. I love that. Awkward. Awkward. <laughs> but I think that, um, I remember seeing those pictures of you with, you know, your longer hair and then you cut it into a style and then you cut it shorter into another style. Mm -hmm. And even though that looked like it was probably fun because a lot of women that have long hair, they're going from one extreme to a really short haircut. Like you did in one day. Mm -hmm. Um, something I, I don't know. I, it, I think that takes serious balls to do. I think, okay. Unless you're forced into it. Unless you're forced into it. And so this is a good this is a good place to start. It's just kind of level setting where we came from. Because for me anyway, my look like was very purposeful. I wanted to look a certain way. And the I had long hair well past my shoulders. It was maintained, 
colored and cut by my sister, who is an excellent stylist. Um, and it was very, it was very purposeful. Mm-hmm. And I styled it every day. I had good hair because I did everything my sister told me to, and I used the products she gave me and the tools that like I had to learn to use, burning my forehead a couple times and the top of my ear, which hurt worse. But like my work wardrobe was very because I'm a nurse manager at this point in my life and very business casual, I wore heels almost every day. Mm-hmm. I would walk into work with tennis shoes on and have a pair of heels in my bag so that they wouldn't get dirty in the parking garage, which is a totally gross place um, that I don't like to wear my shoes. And then I would switch to heels when I would go to meetings and things and then put back on these sneakers Uh, when I was just around the unit or like rounding on patients or or like that. So all all this to say, I had a very elaborate process to my look. I was vain about my hair, which I didn't necessarily like it better that it was long, Mm -hmm. but I let it grow long. And I think part of that is, I think we look at women who cut their hair really short and we think, oh my God, that's so cute. That's so brave right? Yes. Like how brave of her to have short hair. And I don't understand why we think that way, except that there is some cultural inference Mm -hmm. in, I guess, I don't know if it's because where we are nationally, it's like a Southern thing, but I think it's an American thing where there's just the inference is long hair is synonymous with the ultimate ideal femininity right you have long hair you're patient you're you have really thought this out you're successful like it's like it's some kind of I don't know like indicator short hair is like I mean did she do that on purpose was she you know does she can she not be bothered to have long to take care of long hair which is tedious as hell yes and I will never do again that's how I feel about it but it there is this and it's all geared toward men and how men feel about hair yeah even your little man yeah knows that there's some kind of value to him in long hair how weird versus is that? shorter hair it's so weird yeah because so i had really long hair and i knew i was gonna lose it right. so i wanted my sister to be part of that process and to have some control because I think it was almost harder on her losing my hair than it was on me. She was pretty devastated. Same. My she husband cut my hair and it yeah. was like... Because your husband's a stylist too. Yes. And it was so like strange. awful. It was awful. It was so hard for him. I was ready to take that stuff off my head and he was like well maybe we can cut it like a little bit and I was like uh no this needs to come out and it all you so you took it off all in one fell swoop so I had I we did cut it to a bob right before my first chemo treatment but I had had the same as yours my hair was really long like and your hair was super thick I saw like just and was it curly as well it was wavy probably because it was so thick and heavy yeah that your curl was like yeah, like okay. middle of my back long. Oh, wow. Yeah, oh my it was God. really long. All I can think of now is how annoying. <laughs> Honest to God. When I feel this hair creeping down my neck, or like if I am like against a pillow and I feel that hair like rounding around maybe to the front of my neck, I'm like, get this off of me. <laughs> I have to get it cut. 
up again. Yeah. So I did the same thing. My sister did like a, like a lob, you know, like above the shoulder kind of bob situation. She recolored it. She was trying some new, as I said, try anything you want, like try any haircut. And then I wore that for a few days and I thought, well, this is great. I'm going to miss this. And then I went and in one evening, she did several different cuts all the way up to a, a buzz cut, basically a real tight buzz cut. And like one of them was like, it was shaved on the side and kind of like, it, it was awesome and it felt really good. And I got that buzz cut and I thought having a, a buzzed head, I wouldn't mind losing that hair. Right. Because you don't, as a, you know, a red blooded woman, you don't think you're going to love a buzz cut. Mm-hmm. But the fact is <laughs> that I did. Yeah. I, and I had a thought and this was also something that's weird to me now, but at the time I was like, can I wear a buzz cut to work? Oh, can really? I, can I wear this to work? And like, I'm pretty like fashion forward and I try not to be too basic. Although everything I just described is very damn basic. Um, but I, it actually went through my head. Should I cover my hair now? I thought, is this going to be acceptable? Mm-hmm. And then I was like, well, you know, screw that. Yeah. I'm just wearing it. Right. And I wore that buzz cut. I got a good, I think, two to three weeks out of it. Nice. Because we cut it short. I had my first chemo. Mm-hmm. And then within a couple of weeks, we did the buzz cut. And I had even, I think, a couple more weeks of hair. So that was kind of the timeline. Yeah. It was like a month after chemo that really I couldn't. I mean, it was just uh, started to fall off like at the crown, like that male pattern baldness thing yes. that it does. And man, the world is a, um, for men, mm-hmm. a woman with a buzz cut is very confusing. Yes. You see it in their face. I had a, I had somebody call me, sir. You? He, well, they, of course they saw me, I was in a car and I was in the driver's seat. The window was down. Okay. And they saw, my head was turned towards my kids in the back seat. Okay. So I'm assuming they only saw no hair. I and, see. And they said, excuse me, sir. And I turned around and he goes, oh, so yeah. sorry. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> that is okay. <laughs> but that was, I I don't know. I guess I wasn't too surprised by that. Well, and is that it? Is it that when they see a woman with very short hair or a buzz cut, they can't conceptualize that maybe this is a woman and not a guy? Or when it's even when it's obvious to them that you are a woman mm-hmm. with a buzz cut, the confusion right. is just written all over their faces. <laughs> they don't know how to feel right. about that. Yeah, And that, I don't know why that makes me a little bit... Like, it makes me both amused and angry. Right. And I real I just, all the things you don't think about, mm-hmm. you know, and all the things you never thought would be associated with getting cancer. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, the world is a warm and lovely place for a woman with a buzz cut in interactions with other women. Yes. The, the female world. Oh, absolutely. Is a warm and loving place. Mm-hmm. And like the reactions I would get were so 
enthusiastic. And these are people who have no idea what's going on. Right. I remember my bar instructor after one workout class, she was like, honestly, she just came up to me and she's like, honestly, your hair has me rethinking a lot of my life decisions. She's like, it's fantastic. Yes. There was a note. There's this note of admiration Mm -hmm. and jealousy. I got that even at a restaurant by our waitress. Yes. 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 I had that. um, It was so shortly after my hair started to grow in. So it was the same length as if you were to have a buzz cut. Mm -hmm. And the girl, our waitress, was like, I love your hair. I wish I could do that. Like, girls I envy. wish I could do that. Yes. That is what I think. I think secretly, mm-hmm. every woman secretly just wants to buzz it all off. <laughs> yeah. Because and just live it, it that way once. And just live their life. Yeah. Being able to get out of a shower And not have to spend 20 goddamn minutes (laughs) fashioning this hair, which is, after losing my hair, Mm -hmm. I started being so grossed out by it. I would find, my husband has longer hair than I've ever had. It is super long and it's curly and it's thick and it's, he's a, a, he's kind of a, and he's got this big old beard. He's a very hairy man in general. So I would find hair like everywhere. He, I mean, he sheds. He's, it's like on the couch. It's, I would find it like on my clothes. I would find my old hair on my clothes. And it would gross me out after a while of like being bald, essentially. Mm-hmm. It is so weird. My, my relationship to hair is so different now mm-hmm. than it was before. It's gross, and I don't like to feel it on my neck. Yeah, but I think that the thought of losing your hair it was you know what even from the beginning thinking of it being a very vain issue it was for even for my husband he was like isn't there something that you can do yes to keep your hair yes and I remember like what (laughs) thinking like I know that there's something out there that was now that for me, the cold caps had just come out and the place I was having my treatment at did not have that as an option. Mm. Um, Although there was some controversy at that time about it. um, If that's the way you choose to go, more power to you. Like all. So if you haven't heard about cold caps, it is essentially, there are a number of different devices, mm-hmm. and my sister sent me quite a few links to quite a few websites. There are places you can go where they just sell them outright, and you can mm-hmm. buy one, or you can, I think some insurances might be starting to cover them, and yeah. now I noticed at my infusion center that they actually have a setup there. Oh, wow. So it's essentially freezing your scalp. Right. And... When you're vasoconstricting, and so the chemo doesn't make it all the way to those capillaries in your scalp, it's the same thing for when people chew ice when they're Mm -hmm. getting chemo infusions and they say that they don't get mouth sores. Right. And that has roughly to do with the vasoconstriction in your mouth. Those blood vessels are shrinking and the chemo's not making it. Now, there there is a 
slightly increased chance because the chemo hasn't reached those part of parts of your body that you could then get cancer in your scalp. You could then get mouth cancer. And right. those are definite things that could happen. I don't know what the increase is. I, I don't know. And I don't know that there's enough literature out there because of how new this is right. to even know that. Right. But I just, I did not care enough. Yeah. I, that was not my, like losing my hair at that point was not the worst thing that was going to happen to right. me. Right. I knew I was going to get sick. I knew I was going to, I mean, I just, I didn't think about death. Mm-mm. I really didn't. And I don't know if I just compartmentalized that. And we're going to talk more about that at a later time. Mm-hmm. But it was something like that. It was, I just want to get this done. And right. I don't really care what has to happen to me. It'll come back. Right. And I wasn't as committed to it as like my sister was. Right. My husband didn't say a thing, but he's not a stylist. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I was surprised at first, but then I I just, for me, I just said, I'm just going to do whatever I need to do to get, to be cancer free. And if that means losing my hair, fine. Yeah. I think at that point though, you're very like driven towards one goal. And I think that, keeping your mind on becoming cancer free is it kind of helps at least for me, um, the cancer patient know, okay, I have a direction I'm going in and we're going to do whatever we have to do to get there. And, and that's, I think kind of what people call their fight, you know, their quote unquote fight is okay. We got to go in that direction. We've got to reach our goal and we have, we're going to do whatever we have to do to get there. And it's funny how the vanity slowly creeps itself back in, you know, because for me, that first initial, okay, lose my hair, whatever, big deal, shave my head, okay, no big deal, love being bald. Great. Yeah, no problem. But it does have those little peaks in there that it it all of a sudden like slowly comes back and you're like, oh, I miss my hair. When can I have hair on my head again? I never missed the hair on my legs, though, ever. Not once. Okay. (laughs) This is such a good point. When we talk about losing our hair and when I thought about my patients losing their hair, whenever you hear any stories about cancer patients, you know they're going to lose their head hair. Mm -hmm. But it did not occur to me that I would lose all my hair. (laughs) That I would lose my brows, right. my lashes, yes. oh. armpit hair, great, pubic hair, Ooh. which was weird for me. I've never taken it all off before, <laughs> but I get it now. Right. I got to say, I do get it now. <laughs> yeah, I do. But not having the leg hair, like all the hair mm-hmm. comes out. And head hair was one thing, but... And again, it's things I'm vain about. There are two things my whole life I have known work for me. Mm-hmm. And they are that I have I have great lashes. They've always been long, relatively thick, and curled. I don't have to curl them. <laughs> and I've got a big ass. And I've, ne- and I've had that big ass since I was 15. I almost remember the day that it happened. <laughs> I went to sleep. <laughs> With a relatively normal-sized ass, 
and I woke up with a very large ass, I don't know what happened. <laughs> but I enjoy it and I'm proud. I'm vain about it. And I'm vain about my lashes. And so when that shit started falling out and my ass started shrinking because I was losing weight, that tormented me. Right. And, but the thing that really got me and I didn't realize this was my brows. Mm. When those started going because i made it just like you had told me would I know, happen i know the I hair the head hair comes out all the other hair comes out and you get all the way through chemo and you have retained most of your, your lashes, lashes and most of your brows and you yes. think well i'm just one of those fortunate people like i made it i made it through six weeks later i know i felt so bad telling you about this and i was like well maybe it won't affect you maybe it won't be you but it did for me Exactly. And, and I'm I, glad you did. I know. I felt because so if bad. that had just happened and I had had no inkling, I, I don't know. But I full on freaked out. I know. And I had had enough at that point. So it is like you yes. say, you come to terms very quickly. Yes. And you're like, okay, fine. The hair goes, everything goes. Let's just get this done. Mm-hmm. The minute that last infusion is finished, you're like, all right, hair, let's go. And I'm like obsessively Googling like hair regrowth, uh, chemo pictures. Yes. And there's one, um, there's one woman and I don't know her name, but she's got a blog and, uh, I think it's my cancer chic or it's my cancer chick, but I think it's chic. So my cancer chic and she has like month by month pictures. Lots of people do, but I kept going back to hers. Mm -hmm. Like I bookmarked her pictures and it was like one month, two months, three months, four months. Try not to obsess over it because your hair is going to come back as it is going to come back and it's going to be different. Because I saw other people who had like real hair back at like two months. No, and for I did me, not have that. I, it was still fuzzy. It was like in the movies when they take a regularly aged actor and then they make them much, much older and they do that like thing to their hair. They give them liver spots and wrinkles and they do that thing to their hair where it's like when someone is like ill or something and the, the hair is, you can only see it like when it's backlit because yeah. it's so like feathery. Yeah, it looked like I was getting done up to be to play a very sickly old version of myself <laughs> but they had gone to lunch after doing my head and we hadn't gotten to the re- to my face and my neck yet that's that's what it was like and I couldn't stand it but the day I woke up and my brows started falling out from the outside and then going in so I had like half a brow on each side oh, and it was no. just these tufts of hair like from the midline of my eyes in and you're feeling better. This is six, seven weeks. Yeah. I'm, I'm post-op. I'm starting to feel better from that. I'm starting to feel better. I'm starting to be able to eat things without shitting my brains out. Like I'm feeling better and I look more like a cancer patient than I ever have. Yes. And that was so, and I was like, something will be done about this. Yes. And that's what started my adventure with microblading. Right. I didn't get there. I didn't you didn't do, get there? No, I didn't do microblading. I lost most of my brows, but they, I, I did keep some of my brows. I lost my lashes, mm. but I did have, I just had 
very fine. Like it looked like I had penciled my eyebrows. Like oh, a little I totally. Tiny line. I spent ten minutes every morning doing my eyebrows. Yes, I did spend a lot of time. Like on there was trying to make them look quote unquote normal. Oh, absolutely. For me. I had a feather tip like eyebrow pen, and then I had uh, one that was more like a um, like a coal liner pen yes. kind of like more of a I don't know a pencil basically so it was like a pen version and then like a pencil version right I had a powder wow then I would put over that to kind of take off some of that like waxy look to make right. it look a little bit more I researched this and but I could get a realistic look out of it but I I couldn't stand waking up every morning and looking at myself that way it was really it was devastating. And by this time, other hair had started growing back. Oh. And I don't understand the body's prioritization <laughs> of hair regrowth. No kidding. Like, I missed... Armpit hair. You're like, seriously? Yeah. The shin hair. Like a full inch. Bef- and then my eyebrows are start falling out. Like, I don't understand this at all. Yeah. It was pits. It was shins and then it was um the the peach fuzz on my face i'm like really this is this is what needed to happen before the rest of this started coming right. back the good stuff yeah come when on. does the good stuff come back oh my god it was it was devastating and i went down i did i did a bad thing <laughs> oh <laughs> and i looked back <laughs> during this time like you were, we were saying before, like, keep a journal, write things down. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad I did. I have so many Google Drive documents about this. And this one was about hair. And I was just reading it. And I, after talking about losing my head hair and waiting for that to grow back, and I started, the next paragraph just said, I did a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> and it was microblading. And I started out so strong. I, yeah. I, I asked my plastic surgeon's office, because if you want to know where to get cosmetic procedures done, right. ask the people who work at your plastic surgeon's office where they get their stuff done. Right. Some of them are going to get their stuff done at that office. Right. But other stuff, they're going to know the people in town who are good. Right. Because they all look a certain way and they look great. So I asked them, where do you all go for microblading? Mm-hmm. And so they told me this woman's name. So I call and I get an appointment the next day. And I'm like, this is amazing. I thought I would have to wait because I was like, we're going to do this. So microblading is a thing where they, it's a temporary tattoo of eyebrows and they go in and they essentially make hair like paper cuts on your brow line. And then they put dye in it, and that essentially makes the tattoo, which is what makes any tattoo. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just the depth of the incision. Yeah, it may be, and it's not a n- needle. They actually take like a sharp, like a sharp scalpel, like there are dull scalpels. They take, <laughs> <laughs> they take a pointy, and they scrape. It's a scrape, like it's a paper cut, basically. Right. And it feels like a million methodical paper cuts over and over and over again. It is painful. Oh it's painful. Wow. They put numbing cream on you. That's a joke. Right. Anyway, I get this appointment for the next day. And then I 
and I'm so excited and I'm like texting my friends and I'm like, I'm getting microblading. It's going to be so great. And then I look at the confirmation email and it's for something completely different. Some other like micro needling or dermaplaning or something. So there are a lot of micro something procedures that can be done out there. And I didn't realize I wasn't specific so I called them back and I said no I want I want eyebrows drawn on my face yeah and they were like oh we don't even do that oh no so then I I was googling places and just looking at reviews and like there were a lot of red flags that I should have Uh um maybe observed in this process but I did not I called one of the first places I found I took one of the first appointments available which if you're going to someone who has a lot of appointments available, that should probably be an indication to you that they're not in high demand and may not do a great job. So I go, I finally like get it done. I lie through my teeth because there are questions on that form about when you last got chemo. Oh, and really? yeah, because of the lowered immune system and that this is a potential for infection and you do not want an infection that close to your eye. But man, I had the eye of the tiger by then. And I was like, this is happening. And this is happening today. I am doing this. I am doing this. So I straight up lied through my teeth. And I was like, I talked to my oncologist. So here's how I rationalized this. I was on antibiotics because I had a really weak immune system, had my mastectomy. This is like probably three weeks post mastectomy. I'm still on antibiotics from... They gave me a month of like Keflex or something. Awesome. Yeah. Not great. Nope. But I'm like, I'm on antibiotics, so we're doing this. So I told that, I mean, this person who potentially has graduated college by this point, I don't know though. She doesn't look old enough for that, but, oh, you know, I'm not great at guessing age anymore. So she does my microblading because I lie to her (laughs) and tell her what she needs to hear to get it done. And actually she did a great job and I felt like a new human being. That's awesome. With these brows and it's a whole process. You can't just do it once. You have to do it once and then they scab over and then they fall off over the course of like three weeks. And then six weeks after that, you go back and get it done again and you know how painful it's gonna be but you go back and you get it done again so mm -hmm. and people choose to do this who have eyebrows right i know so and there are tons of youtube videos out there there are tons of like but just if you're going to do it and you have a weak immune system it's not a good idea and I'm fortunate that I didn't get some raging infection, but you just get to a point where you've had enough. And yes. I had had enough. I had like five eyelashes that were being shared between <laughs> both my eyes. And I wanted to look like a, like a human. I couldn't. Uh, yeah. Having no brows is <laughs> expressionless. <a> startling, <laughs> a startling look to have. Yes. And just. My my everyday look is very lash forward. It's very eyes, right? Like very eye forward. <laughs> and so losing that, I'm like, well, what do I do? Wear lipstick now? You know, that that's never been my best feature. So, but I think I did learn to appreciate my lips a little bit more. Yeah. Through this. 
but I, lo- I love it. <laughs> it's so funny though. You do learn a lot about yourself and your limits mm-hmm. and also what you will be so driven to do, even if it's not really the best choice. No. Yeah. But you could not, no one could have talked me out of it. No. And I had an appointment at my oncologist office with my PA at my oncologist office, like a few days after I did this. And I, I'm telling you, after I got this done, I like had sleepless nights worrying that I was going to get an infection. Oh, then no. I had like, I didn't sleep the night before this appointment because I thought I'm going to walk in there and everyone's going to be like, what did you do? You got microblading. Like I thought that they were going to call me out and I was going to get in so much trouble. No one, no one said a thing. Wow. Like no one, of course they didn't, but like, I would obsess over like, what have I done kind of thing. Right. But if I had to do it over again, I swear to God, I would do the same thing because I just, I needed something and you get so desperate and there's no way you can make your hair grow faster. And there's really no way to like transplant eyelashes on you. You can use the falsies, but that's a whole thing. Yeah. And I can deal with a bald eyelid, but I can't deal with no brows. (laughs) feel like I've really driven that point home now so everyone needs to be clear about that (laughs) let's go do it well I think that um you know one of the funny things when I'll never forget talking to somebody and telling them that I had breast cancer and they chalked it up to oh well you're gonna get a new set of boobs and I was like I hate that what (laughs) I remember thinking Oh, okay. And I think that those who don't have it, and I think I may have even made this mistake of thinking about breast reconstruction, thinking, oh, well, that's great. Like, lucky them that they get to, you know, after I had two kids, me breastfeeding both, mm-hmm. had less perky boobs than I did before. Maybe I, if before this diagnosis, thought, wow. She's so lucky that she got to have insurance pay for a pair of breast implants. But now that is not the case at all. It's not the case. It's not fun and it's not exciting. And it's definitely not something that you like look forward to or it's definitely, it's no. Elective, so breasts are the part, are the loss that people think about initially with breast cancer right and a lot of women will say losing their hair was more devastating than losing their breasts because you can hide that kind of you can kind of camouflage that much more naturally than you can your hair it's obvious to everyone with your hair Mm -hmm. but reconstructed breasts after a mastectomy Mm -hmm. are not elective implant breasts no they don't look or feel the same or anything it's not the same thing no and I haven't had reconstruction yet but you have yes it's it's not it's not anywhere near as glamorous (laughs) as you might think that they turn and you know it's funny because they can turn out looking um from a another person's perspective like quote-unquote normal or um pretty or Mm -hmm. you know 
perkier or whatever, but it's, uh, at least for me, it's not better. It's not better than what it was. It's funny, even after having two breastfed children, I'd take those boobs any day over these. You would? Absolutely. Hmm. Without a doubt. Um, there's no feeling in these and I have no nipples. That's the other thing I don't think people realize that I didn't realize is after a mastectomy, you can't feel a damn thing. No. I can't feel a damn thing in this right breast. No. I oh, mean, a little, no feeling in them. little bit on the outside here, maybe, but that's gradually come back. But, and not having nipples <laughs> sounds like, oh, good for you. You don't have to wear a bra ever. You won't nip out at all. Yeah. Lucky. But, yeah. Lucky. Just as we don't think about cancer patients and how and their own vanity and the fact that they still want to feel like themselves mm-hmm. and they still want to feel, I don't know, I, I want to feel attractive. And that's mainly for me. And I can parse out how much of that is tied to this obsession we have with the male gaze and capturing that with you know the long hair thing and all and all of that but Mm -hmm. outside of that like just for me having feeling there is having nipples is more than just aesthetics it's it's like it's part of your sexuality right to have that and hearing women talk about thing like intimacy and sex after having reconstruction is it's a little devastating to to hear for the first time if you're not aware of that implication and what's so strange is that you wouldn't tie having nipples to being vain or vanity but it's funny because it's not something that you wear on the outside all the time but it's funny how something like that that's just for you personally I guess you almost I I go through phases sometimes I'm like oh, I wish I had them back and then sometimes I'm like eh. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's not that big of a deal I don't know mm-hmm. um it's it's such a strange thing because it's not what you were born with and I think that that has a lot or not what you're used to mm. and you know, maybe that was something that you, I don't know. It's funny at times, like, just like your hair, your hair grew back differently. My hair grew back differently. Yeah. I miss my old hair. I'm okay with what I have. I'm fine. I don't have any, um, issues, but I still miss it sometimes. (laughs) And I think a part of it also is, like you had, like you were saying, you had a certain look and you were going for a certain look and there is a whole purpose behind your look. And that was like you're part of your identity. And then that's not you anymore. Right. And don't get me wrong. Like I've had a number of different looks. <laughs> I've had short hair before. I've been platinum blonde. Ooh. I've been like, I like to try different looks, but I had either just through not wanting to get my hair cut as much or or whatever, let it grow and settled into this look that I was very comfortable with. Right. 
And this hair, I don't think is the hair that I had before. It's a lot like how my hair was when I was a kid. Very yeah. curly. And yeah. like, and I, I love this. Mm-hmm. Like, I, and I think part of it's just the relief that it grew back because there was a small part of me that wondered if it would after getting like folliculitis and thinking, what if my scalp is scarred from that? Or what if like it doesn't grow back? And so just getting hair back at all, it is amazing. And I'm so grateful for it. I'm grateful to buy hair products (laughs) and I'm grateful to have to use dry shampoo now. And you know, like I bought a Dyson hair dryer for my birthday two months before I found out I had cancer. And so, you know, I got a little bit of use out of it, but then I had to wait like a full year, you know, and now sometimes I have to use the diffuser, just a little spot here and there. I mean, it's just, there's a whole ritual around it Mm -hmm. and there's a whole just going and getting your hair done. You know, it was a whole thing for me every six to 12 weeks depending on how good I was mm-hmm. I needed to go get my roots done and I would drive down and see my sister and bring her a bottle of wine and cupcakes and we would have we would drink and have cupcakes and she would do my hair that sounds amazing it, it is amazing <sighs> and the first time I got to do that again was amazing it felt amazing first just to be able to drink again alcohol oh. be able to have cupcakes again and know they were going to stay inside of me oh, yeah and cupcakes. and to get my hair done and like just washed out by someone their hands in it like what's that like it's wonderful <laughs> you need to get your hair done more by, often by someone else by someone else I know I love my husband but he I mean I go with clean hair my hair is usually like straightened and dried so he can just really mm-hmm. oh no I get the full service this is how sisters one of the many ways sisters are different than husbands yeah <laughs> yeah or maybe women in general mm-hmm. I don't know but it's more than just the look yeah it's more than just it is a, a full the ritual of it mm-hmm. and again the the vanity the pride in it I know like so it's a crazy. thing it's a it's a total thing it's so crazy and we put on a good show I've seen pictures of you when you were in full swing chemo and you've seen pictures of me and like we've got the brows drawn on we've got our you know the scarves tied up nice bronzer you know everything looks great bronzer so much bronzer yeah but <laughs> it's that moment when you're alone Mm-hmm. In front of your bathroom mirror, yeah, and you're bald, and you yeah. have no brows, and no and, lashes, and no nipples, and no nipples, and oh. you're like, what? It, you know, you don't feel no, you don't feel like, you don't feel desirable. Mm-mm. Is part of it alien boobs? They don't feel like you said they don't even feel like part of your body. No, no, it's. So weird, such a weird sensation. But as I feel like, as it time goes by, I wouldn't say it heals. It just helps you learn to understand your what your new normal is. Not love it. I I would be lying if I say I love my new normal. That's stupid. Mm. That's 
make that would be a show for other people to make them think that everything is all hunky dory now that I'm cancer free. Mm-hmm. That's a lie. Um, but I, you know, I'm still it, just learning to to deal with my new normal and what that is and what I'll live with with forever. Yeah. But, you know, it's just you continue to learn how to accept your changes and it's going to take a long time. And I don't think there's a time limit on that either. You know, you can just, I, I feel like some people try and turn it around and put a pretty face on and be like, oh, I'm so happy. I'm cancer free. I don't care about all these other things. That would not be my truth. Yeah. And I, I have no problem being you know, upfront and being honest about things that matter to me or things that matter to me then that may not matter as much now, but what my new things are. Um, and that changes drastically. It's like these realizations that are like forced on you. Mm -hmm. Like I love being the woman who walks into a room full of people and having the shortest hair (laughs) and just looking goddamn different right not walking in and looking like i got my hair done at the same place as all the bachelor contestants get their hair done you know what i mean like it's a very unbasic look and i love that what i don't love is i didn't choose this yeah it was chosen for for myself Mm -hmm. i didn't i i don't get to feel the kind of pride that someone who's like you know what i don't need long hair to feel the way I want to feel like I'm going to go out on a limb and try something. And again, not that I haven't tried different things, but it just, it's next level when you buzz, when you do a buzz cut, Yeah, you know, especially from, from the long hair. I think if you're always kind of a trooper and really liked a a short haircut, I don't know, maybe it wouldn't make a difference, you know, but I do know that going from one drastic look to another is alarming and takes some time to manage in your brain. Yeah. Or if it ever does. Especially if you don't find that you like it. Yeah. I I fucking loved it. (laughs) I loved it. I I liked not having to use a ton of shampoo. I I (laughs) still have the same bottle of shampoo well, maybe that's not true, but I mean, it, I did not go through an entire b- bottle of shampoo in an, in a year. I didn't go through one. No. Because you no. just, I was like, this is what it's like to get ready in 15 minutes. This is what it's like for most men to get ready. <laughs> Cause I had to shave nothing and, and to, to wash and dry no hair. Exactly. I just put my face on and got dressed. I was like, wow, I'm like a superhero. <laughs> I did. It cut 20 minutes off my routine. Oh, way I had more than 20 no minutes. no idea how much time I was spending on hair. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't like the... I also don't like being forced to have to kind of rectify within myself how much I need to be admired in a way. Mm-hmm. Not admired like, oh God, if... I'm pitching this like I'm some kind of supermodel. I am an average looking person who has watched a lot of YouTube tutorials on how to make myself look as good as possible. You know, like I have a definite look. 
I'm not unattractive. I'm attractive. I think we're both very attractive. You are people. an attractive, very pretty lady. But I'm not I'm not that woman who is like universally attractive. I think I am a type. Certain men find me attractive and certain men are like, no, she's just a girl. And oh. that is fine with me. And also I never even thought of that I, universally attractive. You know what I mean? There are some women where it's just like yeah, most men are attracted to that. Right. And then I kind of have like a niche market. Okay. And I've and I've known this throughout my life. You're way and ahead I of have me. great lashes and I have a great ass, but I will never be as pretty as my sisters. And I've known that my whole life. Oh. Like that that's the environment and I, I learned the sister thing to know. Ah. Well, if you have sisters, you are definitely automatically ranked by all the males in your life oh. as to how attractive or in comparison, in comparison to, to them. And my oh. sisters are just like universally beautiful and also uniquely beautiful. I don't know. I, it's, it's, it's unfair. Um, but I would have like guy friends and they would be like, so what's the situation with your sister? And I'd oh. be like, OK, we're not friends anymore. Or like there would be guys who would come up to me and they'd be all nervous and I'd be like, are they about to like ask me out or tell me they like me? No, they were asking me about my sister or my friend or anyway, I learned early on that like I would get by on my wits and if I can make people laugh, then they will like me. So I led with that. I didn't even start wearing makeup until after I got married. I remember you saying that. I mean, why? It, there was no point, and I had things, I had shit to do. <laughs> and then at some point in my late 20s, early 30s, I started figuring out things like bronzer and brows. I had no concept of doing my brows until I was well into my 30s. Yeah. And that's a thing that I think happened all at once for a lot of women, too. Like, mm-hmm. But I, I eventually figured out like how I like to look and that I could modify things and look a certain way. And I never stopped to think like, why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. What is this for? Who is this for? Mm -hmm. And I've since come to the conclusion that it's basically for me (laughs) and for most of the other women in my life, because I love talking shop. Yeah. And you can, look at another woman and like you can you're trying to like figure out like everything that they've got on mm-hmm. and you're like oh I like that oh I like that oh I wonder what oh, they're using what you, there yeah, what are you using? yeah like what are you using on your cheeks because there's just like a little bit of a sparkle to it but not so much that it's like discotheque right it's just like a nice sheen like I love that yeah and the and men being attracted to me is something I haven't thought about in a long time and I didn't realize that I wasn't thinking about it. Right. And I know now I look totally healthy. You wouldn't be able to tell that I still have a port and a tissue expander and, and you know, but I, I have lost the will to care mm-hmm. because these men don't get a buzz cut. They don't get it. They don't get, and if you can't get that, if you can't look at a woman with a buzz cut and go, damn girl, like that's what I like. I have no space for you. (laughs) I don't because you don't get women at all. Right. You do not understand it. (laughs) So. It does bring a little bit of freedom to yourself when you, oh, 
I'm, I'm out of that hair. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. It's crazy. And it's so funny, the struggle to get it back. Not all of it, but some of it. Mm-hmm. Weird. You didn't get all your hair back? No. I feel like I got all my hair back. No, I didn't. My hair is a lot thinner than it was before. It's better than it was, I'd say, a year ago. It's really weird. I don't, couldn't even understand because as it grew back, it was fine for a good while. And then all of a sudden, I'm not even sure what happened, but something changed to the density of my hair. Mm. Um, but I'm, I'm good. I, I, I don't have any issues. It doesn't bother me. Um, I like the curls. It's I funny. love the curls. I had a haircut recently, and I was worried that cutting it too much would... Like, I'd lose some of my curls. <laughs> That's how, like, addicted to these curls I got. Yeah. I was like, oh, my gosh, I love them so much because it's just so fun. You know, there's so much volume to them, and, like... You, know, you and I both got curly hair. Curly. After. It yeah. just, it kind of just stacks on top of my yeah. head in, and I, it just doesn't really grow down. It's no. just growing out yeah. in a way that I really enjoy. Yeah. And once it starts to fall, I think I will cut it so that it just, I'm going to maintain this kind of out thing. I, and I'm, you know what? I, I have the same fear. Yeah. Like I am super curious what this would look like if I blow dried it straight, mm-hmm. like with a round brush or something, mm-hmm. but I'm terrified to do it. <laughs> and this makes no sense, no. but I think, what if I straighten it and it doesn't curl ever again? It will. What if I straighten all the curl out of my hair? <laughs> you won't. And I'm terrified, so I won't do it. That's so funny. It's just, it's irrational. My, my worry is cutting it. Like cutting out the curl and then what has grown oh, is, is is somehow is straight straighter so okay. like I feel like my hair on the ends is so curly and kind of clumped together that it's sort of pushing the rest of that I know that sounds so stupid no I I love uh I love made up like pseudoscience <laughs> that only comes from like your own mind and you're like yeah this is how the world works <laughs> Oh my god! Just saying it it's out creative. loud is so stupid. No, it's great. No, but it makes it total so, sense. It's so funny because I feel like my roots aren't as curly as the ends are because yeah. that's where like the the drugs are in my hair mm. from the chemo. So okay. if I cut that part off, I just I'm afraid that you know the roots won't be. At, I mean, I know that there is curl there, but not as like lively as the ends like oh that was like the best phase like where you're at right now yeah you know like what is it like maybe three or four inches long it's really hard to tell because it's just but it's, I don't know yeah. how, how long is that I mean I'd, I'd say you're about three or four inches and again this is my I get to have it color treated again my sister's now fiance um, he is also a stylist and he's also a, like a licensed barber as well. So cool. he keeps like the back and the sides clean and builds this shape that it's got. That's like almost a mushroom shape, but not a it's mushroom so shape. Good. I, I am obsessed. I'm obsessed and I love it so much. And 
sometimes when I put product in it and I pull my hands away and there's like maybe three or four hairs on my hand, oh no, I freak out just a little bit. I, I hear you. Just a tiny, I, tiny bit. Yeah. If I'm ever in the shower and more falls out than I was anticipating, I, I'm like, okay. Yeah. It's going to be okay. <laughs> this is not happening again. It is. <laughs> it's the trauma. It is. Oh my gosh. And it's the same with the lashes. Oh, if yeah. I like wash my face or like mm. if I find a lash on me, I'm like, oh God, what's going on now? Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that with the lashes and the brows, something that helped me grow them back is the whole Revita. Mm-hmm. Revita Lash. Yeah, the yeah. whole brand. Revita Lash, Revita Brow. Mm-hmm. I've been using that stuff since... Oh, it's like a year now I've been using it. Yeah. And I I don't have to use it every day anymore, mm -hmm. but like that shit. And I was like, it works. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't want to start using this because if I stop using it, they're just going to fall out. And that is a weird, Mm -hmm. that is like, I I did. I stopped using it and and they did. They, they fell out like not all of them, but you have them. Yeah, but not the density and the length that I had when I was using it. So, okay. but I'm, I just, I will literally never stop using it is what I decided. <laughs> I was like, okay, fine. Yeah. If I stop using it, then, and I had, and I, I'm curious to see because I wonder if I'll have the lashes I had before mm-hmm. or if I ever am going to get, my brows were never like, they just kind of are what they are. Mm-hmm. They're never really like bushy or anything I hardly did anything to them Mm -hmm. um but I had good lashes and I don't know if I have good lashes now because of the Revita lash or Or if they yeah I know I'm not gonna find out right now maybe someday down the road but like every time Nordstrom's has a two-for-one sale on it (gasps) yeah Ooh, that's the way to go I'm gonna go I will let you know Mm -hmm. it's usually once a year in the summer time. Okay. I think. Then I will start using it again in this <laughs> I will let you know. Okay. I will let you know. We might yeah. need to make a shopping trip. Also, anyone who has a plastic surgeon, their office probably has a lash and brow serum that they will give you samples of. Ooh. Yeah. I haven't been to my plastic surgeon in a while. You should I'd go for a checkup and then be like, I, I needed hey, you to. you got any? Uh, <laughs> I needed to step back from. You need uh, to take a minute? Yeah. Doctor's appointments. I was. Oh, it's so fun. I was done. I was yeah. Done. I needed a break. You get done real damn quick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like finished my infusions weeks ago, and I've still gone in every week for one thing or the other. And yeah. then I have to go in. Not, I have to go in next. Not next week, but the week after for a CT scan to check out that little blip in my lung. And then I have to go the week after to get my shot. And then I have to go the week after to meet with my oncologist to talk about the CT scan that I got two weeks prior. <clears throat> so but whatever mm-hmm. and then someday I will get surgery whenever the scheduler calls me right and then that's a whole other thing yeah that we'll talk about is, I know I can't wait you to know. record after that so you can tell us all about it I'm so curious oh I am I am curious and I am I'm probably excited. just gonna sit here with my mouth open and my <laughs> eyes big like <gasps> what they did what <laughs> How did that feel? Well, I have a feeling it's going to be mortifyingly painful. Probably. I am both excited and 
riddled with anxiety. I know. I'm a realist, so I'm sure it's yeah. not going to feel good. I've talked to two women who have had the deep flap procedure. Uh-huh. They've both had children. Yeah. And they say it's painful. And when a woman who has birthed yeah. human babies mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. says something is painful, yeah. I listen. Legit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So not looking forward to that. Yeah. But, you know. I'm looking forward to getting this tissue expander out. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for you. Thank you. I'm uh, excited for me too. (laughs) I just, I want to get to a point where I don't have to wear these like bras anymore. Like not bras in general, but the kind of bras you have to wear when you're having to kind of pad one side and because the tissue expander is both larger and somehow higher up than your regular breast, oh. which is smaller but has a lower profile, which I much prefer. I don't know. It's a whole management thing. Yeah. It sounds like a whole thing. I think the only like super vain part about for me was when my nails turned black, my doc said, you can't paint them. And I wanted so bad to cover them up and people not look at me like I... Like I took a hammer to each of my fingers because that's what it looked like. They were like straight up black. Yes. They bluey black. Okay. It, I mean, it was the nail, so not the whole finger, you know, but um, yeah, it looked pretty bad. Like, you know, I, uh, <laughs> I, I did a lot less pointing. <laughs> you did. <laughs> You're like walking around with like one of those old timey muffs. Yeah. You're like, yeah, it's just keeping um, my hands warm like a proper lady. <laughs> I definitely would not wear those gloves with the fingers cut, you know. Oh. <laughs> but, you know, um, that was, but it was only like, you know, it just takes the, the amount of time for your nails to slowly grow out because your nails glow, grow just as slowly as your hair does. Yes. But when it was when it was over and the chemo was done and my, my nails stopped, you could see that the 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 black at the base was no longer black. It was starting to be white. My doc was like, mm. "Okay, well, I don't think we have any more concern here, so you can paint your nails." Oh, okay. And I was like, "Thank you." But boy did that take forever in my mind. For the, your nails to recover. Yes. I mean, I didn't mind that I couldn't have long nails. I just wanted to, like, cover the the zombie fingers that I had. Yeah. But well, it's okay. I mean, I know he he wanted to keep a close eye, and I did get a, an infection in one of them. So I had yeah. to have that surgically removed. So I, I understand there was definitely a reason why you should not paint your fingernails if you're going through cancer treatment and they turn black. Um, and they don't turn black because you painted them black. <laughs> they turn black because of the chemo. Um, and there's a whole reason for that. And I had the perfect example of, of that, which with, with the infection. So, yeah. Um, and they surgically removed your nail. Yes. Not your finger. Right. Okay. That's good. Yeah. That's preferable. Still have the finger. Cool. They, cool, cool, cool. They surgically removed the fingernail. One of mm. the most painful surgeries I've ever had, which is so weird because I've been through so many. Oh, my God. But um, I guess, you know, your fingers are very sensory oriented. And when you 
Nope. I'm not even talking about it. It's bad. Okay. It's bad. Oh, good. <laughs> Mine never turned black. They kind of got yellowy and they got super thin and they started splitting sideways halfway down. Yeah. And I had a routine. Every, I painted my nails every Sunday for two years. Wow. Like I had a ritual. Again, it's like part of your, and then you can't do that anymore. And I'll say, I didn't start painting my nails again until very recently. Mm-hmm. And I have not worn heels, except for very cool, stable, like ankle boots, mm. to work since all this. My feet got so sensitive, I couldn't wear heels anymore. Wow. And then I realized, why the fuck <laughs> am I wearing heels? <laughs> why is anyone wearing heels? These are dangerous footwear <laughs> options, and they should be discarded. <laughs> So that's what I did. <laughs> it's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. And that's just the outside stuff. Right. We haven't even touched on the internal changes brought on by the manipulation of essential female hormones. Oh. And coming soon mm-hmm. to a breast cancer is boring episode near you. <laughs> all about the chemicals. Mm. So that'll be fun. Totally fun. Is that it? Is that all we're vain about? Probably not. Probably not. But, but for today, yes. That's all I've got. <laughs> pretty much. So, you know what? If you're just like entering in and you're kind of, or maybe you just finished. Either way, you're fixating on hair. And yeah, you're going to lose it all. And you're going to not look your best. And you know what? Just fuck everybody else who has an opinion about that and also if you don't want to wear a scarf or a wig or cover your bald ass head don't don't do it don't do it i didn't have the guts to go bald headed especially when they erupted in sores but if you if you want like we need to push this we need to like why is it not socially acceptable for women who are getting chemo to be bald i have no idea That's not okay. No. And I think we should just start that. Agree. Make it a thing. Yeah. Which is easy for me to say, sitting here with my full head of hair. (laughs) So take that into consideration. Yeah, absolutely. Although if it's cold outside, you're going to want to cover that head. I mean, yeah, you lose a lot of heat out of your head. I, I am a... Big time proponent for that one. And there are so many cool styles with those scarves. Totally. I I really did. There were days when I was like, I have enjoyed putting this look together. Right. And there are a lot of women on YouTube who know a thing or two about tying a scarf and are lovely women and they're going to show you how to do it. Yeah. And some of them are doing it because they're bald and some of them are doing it because that's just part of their life is to cover their hair or part of their religious preferences or whatever. But they're all really good at it. Yeah. And I am appreciative of women who cover their heads in a way that I never have been before. Right. So. Very cool. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> all right. That's it. That's it. Today, this was Breast Cancer is Boring. This was Breast Cancer is Boring. We're available on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. On Spotify, on Stitcher, basically anywhere where you listen to podcasts. So 
And if you want to leave a comment, please do. If you want us to talk about something specific, we will. Absolutely. If you want us to read your comment on an upcoming episode, we will. Absolutely. And I mean that. Like, we really will. And I'm putting no caveats on that. You All right. Put whatever you want. And then I'm going to figure out a way to access those comments because I'm sure that's my job. <laughs> so, <laughs> but anyway, thanks for listening. Mm-hmm. Vanity is nothing to be ashamed of. Absolutely. Go out there, be vain for whatever reason you want to. Well yeah. said. Thank you. The end. <laughs>